0: Welcome to all our listeners. I hope you are all having a blessed day. Last time we talked about God's standard of love. There's a different methods of showing love, but it's good to know how someone best receives love, so we can make sure that they feel loved and appreciated. We meditated on 1 John chapter three, that reveals God's love language is obedience. But to show God's obedience, we actually need to to Know His Will Fully, which is written in the Bible. So today, we want to cover even more on that topic of God's love and what it actually means. Today, I also have Brian here with us. Hello. Brian, how's it going? Good, I'm good. It's always good to be
1: in the studio with you, Mac. How are you doing?
0: Doing well. I'm so excited for this. Love is a huge topic. Okay. Again, if you have not seen our last episode, definitely go and check
1: it out. But I hope you enjoy this one that we'll cover today. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really enjoyed it. I listened in on it. And, um, you know, uh, I was thinking about like what comes to mind when I think of love uh, and especially like how God shows us love. So we like we saw last time, First John 3, right? That God's love language is actually obedience. He wants us to obey him. And, um, but it's not just like, oh, obey me or nothing else. You know, he kind of like uh, shows us love too. Uh, and, you know, verse that, uh, especially my mom, I'm sure is, brings this verse up, you know, is John 3.16. Actually, not just my mom. I think any 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 Christian <laughs> brings this verse up. And uh, John 3.16 is a very beautiful verse. Uh, it says that, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Amen. So uh, Amen. I, I really love that verse. Um, and because it's true, very true. But I always had one thing that always oh, kind of like, got to me a little bit whenever anyone just says you know god's world is john 3 16 and that is well there's verses after john 3 16 (laughs) where jesus actually says uh how people reacted to god's love um you know especially verses 19 to 20 uh it says that this is the verdict light has come into the world but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Wow. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his de- deeds will be exposed, right? So I always thought about that, like, yeah, God loves us so much. He sent his son. His son, you know, is, is the light. His word is also light. But people actually hated the light. They hated what Jesus was saying. They hated, they yeah. hated Jesus, you know? Uh, and you know, so I always say he wasn't crucified for fun. <laughs> he was crucified very much so because the people he came to uh, really, uh, they they uh, rejected him. They said his blood be on our children. So I guess God has experienced some hardcore, unrequited mm-hmm. love. Let's fix that, right? Today, let's be believers who fix that. Be those who are, who are very loving. Amen. John 3.16 is
0: definitely a beloved verse. If not, probably the first verse that you may have heard when you first came (laughs) into the faith, right? Anybody would recite that as their very first one. Uh, Even non-believers memorize it as well. So (laughs) it's really epic to know how God's love gets even deeper. And also, even though God shows love, that's such an interesting fact that you put like, hey, read the rest of that chapter or read those other verses. There's people who end up rejecting that love. So definitely at this time, if you have your Bibles with you, Don't forget to open up. You can follow along with the verses that we're referencing or jot some notes down. Or if you'd like uh, some more of these verses, definitely DM us on Instagram. We'd be happy to share that with you. And right now, let's check the scriptures for ourselves. There's a question that I want to ask the believers here, something to think uh, and ponder about. Why did God promise a Messiah? So why did God promise a Messiah? We know the word Messiah. We know that Jesus is the Messiah. But why did He even send Him in the first place? You don't like you don't get asked that very often.
1: Actually, <laughs> often it's like why did God send a Messiah? They're like, well, John three sixteen, bam. <laughs> but actually, well, why? Right? And uh, for those who don't know, like Messiah is uh, the Hebrew for the same word Christ. So when you hear Jesus Christ jesus the christ rather sometimes people think jesus has his last name was christ <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like oh hey look it's joseph and mary christ and jesus christ no uh it, it's uh, it's just greek for the messiah and that actually means the anointed one um so yeah for our listeners who may not really be that familiar about our bible history like this is this is great this is your episode this is your chance to understand a lot more about the logical reason why God sent a Messiah. Because of course, yes, take away our sins, promise eternal life, but why send someone? Why not just like, you know, I don't know if you could hear me like uh, clip, they, <laughs> clip my finger. Snapping. So snap my finger, there we go. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you heard that, like why, why couldn't you just do that? Poof, eternal life, everyone, sins forgiven. So, you know, uh, I'll share a little bit about the, the Bible history, especially from the period of the Kings or uh, Book of Chronicles. So these are Old Testament books. Uh, earlier earlier Old Testament books there are a few things that we need to keep in mind when we're thinking about uh, why did God send a Messiah so it's very much centered on the Israelites right um, a lot of people always ask well why do we have this entire Old Testament if everything we need to know is in the New Testament actually first uh, 1 Corinthians 1011 tells us that this history is recorded specifically as a warning and example so, We need to learn from what they did wrong so that we wouldn't do it wrong uh, in our time today. Uh, Just like Jesus says, right? The second coming will be like the times of Noah. So if I don't know what happened at Noah's time, then I won't be able to understand what it'll be like in that time later as well. Also like the time of Lot. So anyway, so the Israelites who escaped Egypt, uh, they conquered the land of Canaan and they settled there. And for a period of time, they didn't have a king. Before they had kings like King David, King Solomon, King Saul. Saul was before David. Um, Before that time, they had judges. uh, And these judges were the ones who would settle disputes and judge different matters between them, right? There were scholars who also had to protect the people of Israel. Uh, However, during this time, there was one... It's kind of like a transition. He he was a judge, but it was kind of like the interim between judges and kings. There was a... A man, uh, Samuel, uh, a Nazarite dedicated to the Lord. uh, And through him, they asked for a king, right? So they said, give us a king so that we can be like other nations, which is actually pretty sad because God wants them to be unique from other nations, but they want to be like other people. So uh, Samuel actually saw this as a terrible idea. So he was onto it (laughs) and he prays to God. But of course, uh, you know, God is loving and uh, he concedes and he says, all right, just let them choose a king. All right, let them have a king rather." Uh, So for those who want to read that story more in detail, this is actually from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8. This is where we see this account. So God allows them to have a king. Now these kings, uh, these kings basically, they're supposed to serve God and keep the covenant God made with them. Um, But actually, they caused the nation to fall to ruin. And it really went down, especially from the time of Solomon. So really just the third king. Uh, And God even explicitly says Solomon, you have broken my covenant, which was the promise God made with His people, and this was a covenant for God. This was the last time He was going to allow that to happen. So Israel gets divided uh, into North and South Israel, or North Israel and South Judah, uh, and they get conquered by different enemy nations. So I hope you're following me along well. All right, some little history here. So they get divided into these two nations: uh, North North Israel and South Judah, and they get conquered by enemy nations. And this happens especially because of the greed and corruption of the kings. So because of this, Israel was led to worship false gods and caused them to turn away from the true God. Remember, God's first commandment was, worship no other God except me. So they literally broke the first rule in the book. right? And this was the era of kings. So what did God do? He didn't just chill back and say, oh no, my people are just betraying. He says, all right, I'm going to make a plan. And he starts to send prophets to Israel uh, and these prophets are the ones who start to promise a savior who as a savior's name like it's in the name savior a person who will save them from their sins so this is the history if I was to summarize it God chose his people his people turned away from him and to fix the sins of the people turning away from from him so many times God sent prophets to promise a savior so this is the logical reason why God promised us a messiah
0: yeah, amen. That's a great history recap. There was so much in depth topics there. It's interesting because as you read through the Old Testament history, you wouldn't have thought God's plan was to st- send a Messiah, right? You wouldn't have thought God's plan was to send and a Messiah to restore Israel. Uh, in John one forty five, the reason the disciples believed in Jesus was. Because he was prophesied according to the prophets. So it wasn't because of just corrupt kings that they needed a new leader. But even in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, uh, Moses was prophesying. And in Acts chapter 3, Peter explains that Moses was promised. He was a representation promised just like Jesus was. And he was the shadow of what Jesus was supposed to be the fulfillment and is the fulfillment. So from the time of Moses, God planned to send a savior for his people all the way back then, and then even 2,000 years ago when Jesus was there, and he's still the Messiah today. So it's very, very amazing how God has been working so long and through so many people
1: just to point to Jesus. Amen. Yeah, you know, I, I understand that very much so. it's, it's very true, right? It, it really shows just how much God really loves his people. Like, he could have just started again, but he, he chose not to. If you think about it, everything actually started from the time of Adam, right? When Adam betrayed, that's when God had to start this work of restoring everything. And actually, he, he regretted literally creating man. That's what it says in Genesis 6, twice. It says that he was grieved and he regretted creating people. And he thought to wipe off everything and just start again, you know, kind of like a Photoshop project. You make a mistake. like, all right, screw it. Just turn (laughs) off this layer, start the whole sketch again. (laughs) He thought of doing that, but actually he still looked for someone righteous and he found Noah, right? But why would God not send a Messiah at that time? Adam is the one who betrayed, and because of that, there was this original sin. And we see that that the things only got worse after that, right? Sin continued to grow. That's what it says, uh, Genesis 6, verse 5. So God, he's the creator of the whole earth, and he's so loving But when you think about it, you know, he made this covenant, this promise with the Israelites that they would be his treasured possession. So we actually see that God is very selective about his people. But some people might think, well, why exclusively them, right? We actually have to ask this question. And I'll ask you, Matt, who do you think God wants to save? Just one nation or a lot of people, right? Wouldn't he want all people to be saved?
0: That's a great question. Why was God biased? To only one nation or to one people when there's hundreds and there's thousands of different races and different locations he could work through. But it's not that God doesn't just care. God's plan has always been to save everyone. That's why we reference, you know, John 316, right? For everybody to be saved. And God called Israel a holy nation and a chosen priesthood. He didn't say this just to select them and that they can only be saved but he wanted to begin with Israel so that he can heal the rest of the world through this one nation as the start. And later on, it can spread to everybody and everyone. Some of the people in the Bible we know and admire, for example, Daniel, because of his faith in action, God was glorified through that. And even among the Gentile nations like Babylon, people feared the God of Israel, If you want to read through that, that's in Daniel chapter 6, verse 25 to 27. So God's will is to save all mankind, the entire world. Right,
1: yeah. It's it's actually really cool. I think uh, the more you know the Bible, the more it just gets richer, you know? Um, The more you learn, the more you study, uh, it becomes more and more beautiful to understand. And we can see that God has been working so hard to uh, bless everyone. So even though, like you said, I I really like how you you use like a starting point. He he wants to have a starting point, right? Just like anyone, we need a starting point too, uh, because God also needed a starting point. So he needed a starting point to bless the whole world. And he said, all right, Israel, I'm going to choose the Israelites. Um, And so God starts with the Israelites. He makes a promise with them, gives them this huge, humongous promise. You will be my treasured possession. He literally says, though the whole world is mine, you will be a chosen people, a holy nation. So God really wants to make them a holy nation. Why? So that the rest of the nations can learn from them. The rest of the nations can come to realize, oh, the true God, because at that time they were worshiping Baal and all these other like false gods. So at that time, you wanted to make it very clear, the true God, the one who is alive and active, he is in Israel. You want to meet God? Go to Israel. But Israel broke God's heart and they were unable to keep their covenant. So God did, he he could have given up. He could have said, all right, just like Adam's time, all right, screw it, I'm done. But he actually didn't give up. <laughs> he still wanted to save the people. It's kind of like a parent. A parent wouldn't just like throw away their child and then, you know, like, all right, new child, bye. Oh, you're crying! Ah, oh, I don't like people crying. You wouldn't just do that. So even though the people turned away from God, He still wanted to save them, and that's why He promised a Messiah, right? and that's why Jesus came. Right? It wasn't like what it was one random promise. If Jesus came out of nowhere saying, "I'm God's Son," honestly, if you imagine that today, <laughs> what do people say? Get out of here, dude! Who the heck do you think you are? That's how people react. Would probably react back back then. They would definitely stone him. Today, probably worse. Right. Um, but that's why the are the prom- promises, right? That's why God prophesied for so long and Jesus came. So Jesus came according to God's prophecy. And that's why we say he's the Messiah, not anyone else, but him He's the Christ, because he fulfilled the promises about the Christ. But, uh, Jesus, he didn't only come and just like do miracles and say, I right, do see you guys later. He actually did more than just die on the cross. He also made a new covenant for those who believe in God's promise today and those who accept Jesus as the Savior. And within this covenant or this promise, Jesus, he wants to come back, right? He wants to come back. So I feel like in this episode, we've already gone through quite a lot of information, um, <laughs> a lot of Bible history. Uh, so let me summarize this one more time. So God, who's the creator, he wants everyone to be saved, facts, but he chose one faithful person, and con- and he created a nation, right? That faithful person was Jacob, who became Israel. And out of the 12 sons of Jacob, he created a whole nation, which was the 12 tribes of Israel. And from these people, God wanted to restore humanity. Because, you know, Adam and Eve's sin was, you know, was still rampant. And he wanted to fix that. But these people betrayed and could not keep their covenant. So God, through Jesus, made a new covenant, a new promise, and the people or the subjects of that covenant is no longer just God and the Israelites, but now it's God and the Christians, those who actually believe Jesus. It's kind of like a prerequisite, you know what I mean? Like once you say, yes, I believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, then actually you're not part of this covenant. But concerning this covenant, just because you're a part of it doesn't mean you've kept it, right? And that's something we can talk about in a later episode. Like what does it mean for us to have a covenant to deal with Jesus? But what we can at least understand for now about this precious Messiah of ours is that through his suffering uh, and death, Jesus paid the price for our sins. Right? This is how he wanted to save us from uh, uh, eternal damnation, right? But uh, it isn't over. Uh, Jesus promised to return, and he also prophesied about what needs to take place at that time for everything to be restored as well. Uh, all these things we see, especially condensed in one book, Revelation, so the problem is if we're unaware about our covenant today, then just like Israel, we could unknowingly break our covenant. That's oof, that's the worst wow. one, <laughs> right? That's that 1 wow. Corinthians yeah. 10, 11, right? they, they They knew God had a promise and they weren't able to keep everything tied to that promise. Today, Jesus is coming back. We know he's coming back. But if we don't know the promises Jesus made and the things that we as believers need to do, uh, before he comes back, right? It's not just being a good person, because you don't have to be a Christian to be a good person. Uh, there's promises that he and, and like specific actions he wants us to do, specific people he wants us to avoid, all described in the prophecies Jesus left for us, and within these is that covenant. So, you know, he sent a Messiah, of course, to take away the sins of the people who had been rebelling, but to also make a new promise for our time today and that's what we need to know especially in our time today
0: today we covered why did god promise a messiah so if you enjoyed this topic please give us a like on instagram or on facebook at the faithful exchange podcast also you can message us send us a like and any other topics you want us to cover or discuss in future episodes we'll have some more hosts coming on later in the season so please stay tuned for that Again, share this uh, with a friend if you loved it. And don't forget to spread the love of Christ
1: to all nations.